The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Arturia, Avid, Source Elements, and RSBE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Shea and Marcel Schechter from Genelec. Uh, we're going to be discussing room room acoustics and and kind of just issues thrown up by room acoustics and things that we can do about them, um, either using clever technology or using kind of you know rather more basic means. We're, I'm sure we'll get onto all of that. But welcome, Marcel. Good good to have you. Thanks so much, Julian. Glad <laughs> to be here. I, I'm going to tell you what, we, we have various things to talk about, but um, uh, as we have done for the past few podcasts, I'm going to say, hey, Shay, why don't you start us off? Sure. Um, well, thank you for coming on, Marcel. Um, but before we begin, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your work with Genelec? Yes, of course. Actually, I'm somehow a customer of Genelec. So I started as a sound engineer. I worked in a studio, so and I, of course, uh, came along these speakers years ago. And um, yeah, sometimes, you know, the paths of life are really, really special. So I ended up being at the German distributor of Genelec for almost seven years. And nice. finally, I made it to become part of the original Genelec team. So this was this was my aim right from the start, you know, to come to the company and to have the chance to talk to R&D directly. So now as a customer, I can ask for things. And that's basically, you know, what we are all about, that, that we always try to fulfill what people need and what people are asking for. And my role at Genelec is somehow a so-called customer experience specialist. Sounds really, really somehow polished. <laughs> but uh, indeed, it's just, you know, a product specialist. And I try to help people to get the best experience out of our speakers. So I, for example, um, I'm a consultant for, you know, when they ask about what speaker setup would be the best for my room, um, what type of music do you produce, all of these questions are always of interest for me. And um, yeah, and I just, you know, try to be a good partner to them in finding their best, their best setup. Well, having had quite a long chat with you about uh, about room acoustics and stuff, I, c- I can confirm that uh, myself is extremely helpful. Mm. Um, we first spoke when uh, there was a piece on the blog that I ran when I would got some Genelec SAM monitors and a sub, and I was in my studio, I'd ripped it all out, and I was trying to make a decision about whether or not I was – how how much harm I was doing to my monitoring environment by working the wrong way across my studio – because uh, I work across my street because basically the ends are kind of busy with like apertures, like like big windows and doors and stuff like that. Which so you know it's just a natural way to work. And what does that mean? And uh, yeah, this you're extremely helpful in sorting that out. Um, we should probably look back to that if it comes up. No, that's a really interesting point. It's the sort of um, which uh, way round is is uh, best for for acoustics. You know, by way round we mean we mean lengthways or across. Yeah, to absolutely. Clarify. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been sort of minorly involved with a couple of studio builds, um, mostly my home studio and a slightly more ambitious one in Spain. So I'm kind of interested in speaking to you, Marcel, about things like bass trapping, the right materials, the right layout. Um, but, you know, just to start off, what are some of the, the common acoustic problems in, in recording studios that you find and, and how can they sort of be solved easily? To sum it up, somehow the room acoustics are the problem. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. it it all starts with being in a room. So um, this is something you know our um, R and D director always sums up with a nice quote. He always tells everyone, you know, physics stay on version one point zero all the time. <laughs> and this is what makes <laughs> what makes life a little hard because in an ideal world, you know, it would be possible for us to listen 
to the material we mix on coming mm -hmm. from our speakers to our ears without any um, you know difference so it would be linear from the speaker to our ears so that we can clearly hear okay this is what i mix this is what i hear and the moment you are in a room all of these things change so um the main problem is the room itself and of mm -hmm. course the main issue all of us are um, struggling with is usually the bass range because okay. this is really somehow hard to handle um, and things like early reflections and, and late reflections as well. Maybe you can touch on those before we, you know, get into more things. Absolutely. Um, if you look here, for example, at, at the, the principles of sound, you will always have, you know, really long wavelengths in the bass range. And long means, yeah, two, three, four, five meters. For example, 100 hertz already has 3.4 meters wavelengths. So this is really huge um, energy also um, that somehow is um, within your room and gets reflected all the time because the problem with speakers is that um, all of all speakers usually are completely omnidirectional in the bass range so the energy gets everywhere and is reflected and the first thing you usually are aware of if you walk around your room that you can find spots where there's always a lot of bass and other spots where there's almost no bass and this is defined by so-called room modes, so standing waves. I think we can talk about this later on because they are all around us all the time. And um, this is the base range. And above the base range, in the mids and in the heights, it's exactly what you talked about. It's more early reflections. Mm. So, for example, a window on one side, and this window will give you a lot of early reflections, and then your complete stereo image will just, you know, always shift towards the side. Not because, you know, the speaker sounds different, it's just because the early reflection pattern is different. Mm -hmm. While you're saying that, I'm actually looking at the enormous patio door that's on one side of me <laughs> and isn't exactly. on the other, and yeah, yeah, and I'm going, yeah, All yeah, yeah. All those early reflections. <laughs> Ever wondered what it's like to mix an entire album for Kanye? Or layering vocals for Chris Brown? Join your hosts, Cash and G, every fortnight as we sit down with some of your favourite artists, producers and engineers to talk everything music brought to you by avid pro tools that sounds great so what's the best way of treating initially treating those early reflections um i imagine it's things like uh, acoustic uh, absorption and treatment that sort of thing um and i know a lot of people um tend to use things like foam which i don't think is very effective i know with my home studio i got into um rock wool rw4 which is quite sort of a high density type of material do you have any opinions on the best kind of material for acoustic paneling that sort of thing as you said first of all you always should know um you know what frequency range are you talking about for example if it's about bass trapping then just, you know, forget about all of these few centimeters <laughs> of foam because they are irrelevant, absolutely irrelevant, you know, for all kinds of base um, wavelengths. Because as you can imagine, a wave with three meters wavelength will somehow just, you know, laugh about these two centimeters of foam that mm. you have on your wall. Yeah. So um, it's first of all about the frequencies you want to treat. And this means actually if it's about bass, um, you will need a lot of material. And when we talk about the material, I totally agree with you that usually um, mineral wool, rock wool, and all of these um, materials are somehow better and more effective compared to foam. Um, there are also some really good foam absorbers out there. Um, but in general, I would always take a look, you know, at the, the measurements of these modules. So every manufacturer should always show you uh, a measurement, um, which clearly shows you in what frequency range do we reach, you know, what 
absorption. And then you can really see, okay, this is a really good material. And this one, for example, it's just, yeah, <laughs> somehow fun, but it doesn't do anything. Uh -huh. So things like foam, they would not be good with base trapping, uh, sort of low, low end frequencies, that sort of thing. They are not I that imagine. effective. So yeah. Neither if it's if it's foam or if it's, for example, mineral wool or... Mm. Um, Not even thick, really, really thickly stacked, dense mineral wool. Yes, yes. Oh, so wow. I okay. think if you, But if you have enough of it, then... then exactly. This is, about, this is what I was about to say. Yeah, so yeah. in the end, it depends a little on, um, of course, on the thickness of the material. Okay. And um, then also foam can have some effect. But as you say, usually, you know, the density of the material of, of these wool materials is better. And um, it's all about, you know, somehow taking away energy that is in the air due to sound waves and take away this energy. So all porose absorbers work like that, that they somehow just reduce the energy that is, you know, within the, within the air, within the air um, particles. And um, the more density you get, the more effective it is. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And in terms of uh, speaker placement, um, there's a sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a myth, but there's a common sort of um, idea that having the speakers further away from the walls is actually a good thing. But is that true? <laughs> it, it is true. It is it true. Is true. The, 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 okay. problem is, the problem is, and then, you know, we, we will just realize that it's not the thing we do all, all day. Um, fur sorry, further away means really far away. Because um, what we are talking about is um, the so-called speaker boundary interference response. So this means that you always, of course, get an interaction between the direct sound from the speaker and the sound that is, for example, reflected by the back wall. So let's say we are one meter away from the wall. Um, this would mean we have direct sound and then we have some kind of one meter plus one meter more traveling of the sound towards our ears. And these two um, sound waves somehow um, overlap and the problem is then they cancel out at a certain frequency. So for example with one meter distance to the wall you will get a cancellation at approximately 90 hertz. So for all who want to get deeper into that this is the so-called quarter wavelength rule. Okay. And if you know that um, then you can easily calculate um, which frequency has a notch uh, in relation to what distance to the back wall. And then you will find out, for example, that you have to be, I think you will have to be more than two meters or three meters even away that this frequency gets low enough. Because the further away you are from the wall, um, the lower the frequency that is cancelled out will be. Mm -hmm. And for example, at three meters, it's below 40 or 45 hertz, which is usually fine. But otherwise, you will always get um, a cancellation. Yeah. Which is great for those of us that have huge rooms, but a lot of us are working with very sort of small, um, not very ideal spaces. So what do you suggest for people like that, just having sort of thick yeah. uh, base trapping, I imagine? So I think this is, I think a room size we are all familiar with is something like 15 or 20 square meters. And then it's impossible to be two and a half or three meters away from the wall. And we at Genelec usually recommend, because it just makes sense um, to go really really close to the wall. And there's one thing, of course, that you should be aware of. The moment I'm close to a wall with a speaker, you will always get more bass. It's so-called wall load. Because as said, bass is omnidirectional. It will be reflected from the wall and it sums up. The good thing is, if the speaker is close to the wall, it sums up somehow in phase. 
So it's just getting louder and there's no cancellation. And what mm. you then will have to do is that you should be able to just reduce the amount of bass the speaker is emitting. So with all the designs, for example, with our analog models, we just had dip switches for the bass range. Or other manufacturers have, you know, uh, just, you know, trimmers that just are called bass. Mm. And then you can react to this boost in the bass frequencies but you make sure that you don't get cancellations. Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects, called the AudioFuse Creative Suite, is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. This is the um, uh, the idea behind soffit mounting of of monitors, isn't it? That's the ultimate solution if you've if you're building, and uh, yeah, take it. Does it, I mean that just takes takes this uh, this effect of the room out completely, doesn't it? By absolutely making the monitors mm. part absolutely. of it. Mm. Interesting. So I mean, it's, <laughs> um, I, I'm intrigued by. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like pulling it around under. Hey, I want to talk about a Genelec product, but I actually, I genuinely do, just because I, I saw this and I want <laughs> to know more about it. And I haven't spoken to anybody at Genelec about it since it launched. The eighty three eighty one A, the 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 big main the ones monitor, which we, we ran a news piece on, and I, th something I really like about that whole the one series is that you can see why they're designed the way they are. It's all about that kind of point source, bringing stuff together. But for anyone who hasn't kind of seen it, this is a big floor standing monitor, and uh, it's got like four uh, mid range dome drivers arranged in a square around a central, uh, a, a central like coaxial like two-way driver as well so the whole thing kind of sums together to make a point source thing but the idea of these is that it's kind of like um it's acknowledging the fact that an awful lot of people who want high quality monitoring and that kind of level because this is this is a loud thing um they're not they're not uh soffit mounting monitors in, in, in as much as perhaps they used to S strikes me as kind of like the point of it am i right there true absolutely Julian. this is somehow what we see more often that people have freestanding monitoring systems mm. uh, just to have a higher flexibility also because just as we all know, unfortunately, um, these rooms sometimes are no longer built. So there's just no budget for it to have a, you know, a large flush mounted system. Mm -hmm. And um, then these systems just are a brilliant alternative because you really get the feeling and the quality of a wall mounted system, but with all the flexibility of a freestanding one. Mm. I certainly looking for it. I'd lo I'd love to hear a pair, but you know, um, uh, even if, even if it's a, can we send you a pair? I'd be saying hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I dread to think how heavy they are. It's but... just just wonderful to set it up. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so, but this is this is adaptive in this in the same way that um uh, this is using kind of like the the smart active kind of stuff that I I mean I I, I mean I have to say hand on heart I I really I've really enjoyed. I've had two systems here, um and and it just it it just works really. It's it's easy. It's uh, um, it's why wouldn't you basically? Yeah. Because uh, because it does sound it does sound loads better. Um, I mean, we, 
Go on, go on. Oh, go on. sorry. No, I was going to say now we're on the subject of Genelec products. Why don't we just jump right into, you know, things like SAM systems, GLM, grade reporting? Well, this is the thing that I, that when uh, Marcel and I spoke, um, yeah. the grade reporting thing, we've kind of, we've talked about on a podcast, like when it was first announced, it's quite a long time ago now. Um, there's no reason not to talk about it now. But um, I mean, if you, if you, if you quickly kind of give an idea, Marcel, of how, um, what, what SAM is and what GLM is and how that fits together and how grade hangs off that and kind of, you know how this the idea of it being a system rather than just a bunch of products and also the oral ID plugin which looks really interesting. Well, I've tried that actually, so yeah, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been right, I've been all over this stuff, but yeah, cool. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I'm a I'm a, a bit of a Genelec fanboy it has to be said because I mean I bought my first pair of Genelec monitors twenty five years ago possibly. Wow, yeah, and, you know it's like yeah, and I've gone myself. Yeah, I, I try to keep it short. <laughs> if it's there is a lot to say in here. Just true, stop yeah. me. Yeah. No, I really try to, to keep it short. So um, as, I, as I told you, in the beginning, our speakers had just some dip switches. So, But they already had been able to adapt to the room. So, you know, when we, bought, when we bought our first speaker, which is now 1978, I think, for the Finnish broadcaster, they already asked for a speaker that is somehow adaptive so that you can make sure that if it's in the room, you can still reach a neutral or linear frequency response. And therefore, you will have to um, have filters uh, built in. And later on, we realized um, that a lot of people never, to be honest, never made use of these dip switches. So also with models that came out later, because they always thought, hey, a speaker is fine. It just you know comes from the manufacturer. Mm. It's a studio monitor. It's linear. So why should I do anything about it? And then somehow we realized, okay, we will have to make sure that people realize <laughs> how big the impact of their room acoustics are. So um, we try to make it possible that people can just, you know, measure their speakers. Um, it was always possible, you know, for engineers just to set up a separate yeah, third-party measuring system and to measure the frequency response. But we wanted to make it really easy. And this is why we invented SAM. And SAM just means smart, active monitoring. And these monitors somehow are smart because they can adapt to what's going on in your room. So they automatically calibrate. Exactly. So you set them up. Um, we will have. We just have a small tool called GLM Kit, which is a network adapter and a measuring microphone. And then basically every speaker just plays back a sweep. Um, this sweep is recorded by the microphone. And then our software. This is the next three-letter thing. GLM, like loudspeaker manager. Mm. This software just gets the results. You can see. First of all, this is the status quo. So this is the reality in my room at my listening spot. And then the software just, you know, calculates filter to compensate for that. But it's doing that in a really intelligent way so that we are focusing on the base range. We don't use too many filters. For example, we only we don't touch the high mid-range and the heights at all because it's highly dependent on the position. And we always want to make sure that you have a wide sweet spot. But what's crucial for everyone, the base range is really well um, compensated to what we can do. As said, for example, if there is a cancellation, um, you will always have to look for better placement or for better room acoustic treatment. Mm. Um, if something is cancelled out, for example, due to a back wall reflection, if you would boost this frequency, um, you would also somehow boost the reflection from the wall. And in the end, the cancellation would still happen. So we can easily somehow handle boosts so overpronunciations in frequency ranges, but we can't do that much about um, dips. And um, 
because GLM somehow focuses clearly on the frequency response, we thought at some point it would be really useful that people know more about their system. So about the early reflections, for example, um, about waterfall diagrams. Some of you might know this from oh, yeah. Um, yeah. softwares like RumiQ Wizard, which actually is actually is a really excellent uh, freeware software. And um, actually, the recording of the sweep is all you need to get all of these informations. And then some really clever guys at our R&D department made it possible that out of these recordings, we somehow extract all the needed information for a room acoustic report. Mm. And this is called GRADE. So generally like room acoustic data evaluation. Mm. And, and this is really massively helpful for sort of compensating spe uh, speaker placement, that sort of thing. Absolutely. It yeah. first of all helps you to evaluate your situation, but it's also interesting for everyone, for example, planning room acoustics. You can also send these reports, for example, to an acoustician and they will give them all the information they need. Yeah. So it's about early reflections. It's about, as I told Decay times of frequencies, it shows uh, the waterfall. And what I really like, for example, it shows uh, the ratio between direct sound and reflected sound. This is, which, this, can, can I jump in here? This is when, yeah, I, course, was, when I was doing this um, with myself. It, I mean, it, it is sobering to do this stuff just because, you know, it's, um, uh, it's showing you just how awful your listening space is. Mm. <laughs> and I mean, it was something that I took some comfort from was the fact that I'd stripped my studio out completely and my, my um, direct to, to, to reverberant performance was appalling. But of course it was. I was in an empty room. I mean, it sounded like an empty room. It was, but regardless of that, it was showing me the fundamental stuff. The chat that we had about um, just this idea, and I mean, I, I, I was already aware of it, but it's really good to have it kind of like reinforced just the fact yeah. that a cancellation is a cancellation and it doesn't matter how much energy you put into the system. You know, plus one and minus one equals zero, plus 10 and minus 10 still equals zero. It doesn't matter, mm. you know, and a boost is not going to help. But a cut for a bump, that can help a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen with the peaks and notches which you can easily see with the the graph on there basically you can compensate by using eq for peaks but not for notches right so correct yeah so we have actually we have some amount of positive gain implemented but we only use it you know for some over overall total balance so it's usually with wide cues but as said a narrow a narrow dip can never be yeah. compensated. The fact that it's concentrating yeah. on on low end stuff, I mean, it is very sensible, just because that's the yes. stuff that mm. um, most people who don't have like large rooms and and large budgets, they're going to they're going to find more difficult to deal with using traditional kind of like passive methods of you know absorption yeah. and treatment and stuff. But as as we were talking about with the foam products and stuff, just getting some acoustic treatment and putting it up. Um, is very much a kind of like, you know, scattergun effect, uh, approach of just kind of yeah. like, it might help, but it might really not help as well. And this is what this grade reporting is doing, is it's showing you, you have an issue here, and that's, once you understand what the, where the problems are, then you yeah. can go and seek a solution. That's, Absolutely. Because just buying some stuff, putting it up and hoping it helps, isn't probably going to work out too well. The Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN-equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com.
exactly as you described it, Julian. I think what, what's really important to understand that, of course, we would never tell anyone that it's just about the calibration. So you can change the frequency response, but of course you cannot change early reflections. You cannot change the reverberance of your room and things like that. So it's always a combination of good acoustical treatment, also, of course, the room itself. And then um, this calibration can help you a lot with things that otherwise would be almost impossible to do if you don't have enough budget. For example, a room mode at 40 hertz or 50 hertz that gives you a boost of, let's say, 15 dBs. It's almost impossible to solve this with treatment only. Because you'd then, literally be filling the whole space with treatment. Exactly, There'd be nowhere yeah. for you. Exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, the calibration is so helpful. And mainly the calibration just you know, shows you what to do and can you help with finding the best solutions. Isn't there a mathematical thing where the hertz translates to meters, so you can actually move the the speakers depending on um, the frequency reading of the of the graph? Exactly. This yeah. is what I what I talked about, you know, before with the quarter wavelength rule. Uh-huh. So, for example, you have the quarter wavelength at a distance to, let's say, the back wall, and then you can calculate it's approximately, I think, ninety hertz. And this there's a direct relation, it's indeed, between you know the distance and uh, the frequency. I mean, it's this this stuff. It's um, uh, I mean, g- great stuff. There is also that kind of like um approach. I want to get onto this because um, we we were going to mention oral ID, which I thought was very interesting when I mm. tried it. Um, oral ID is um, it's that it's that virtualization of uh, of um, uh, loudspeaker arrays, um, and basically trying to trying to get some kind of sort of like um multi-channel monitoring experience through headphones, which um, isn't easy. I've tried a few of them. Have uh, you tried it, the app for this? Yeah, no, I've, I've, do, I've done this. I've done, I've done Oral ID. Um, it's uh-huh. very interesting. Um, the mo- far and away the most rigorous um, uh, approach to, uh, to actually just the measurement stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, compared to, uh, I mean, Dolby have one for the Dolby Atmos renderer, which which is which is good actually. I mean, it works yeah, absolutely, it works fine. Um, and it was so yeah. easy to do. I just sat, sat on my swivelly office chair and just spun round in front of my phone. Whereas this thing, I I ended up having to sit in the garden with my partner walking round me from a distance with a phone. I don't know what the neighbours thought <laughs> I was up to, but the localization that I experienced with um, with the Genlet one was the best that I've heard. Um, it's it's not it's not entirely a free lunch. I'm, I'm, it takes a certain amount of setup and stuff. And it was it wasn't just kind of like press a button and it's like oh wow that's amazing. But if you've ever tried any of these things, it's like that's coming from above you and to the left and they're going well is it? But on this it was like well, yeah I think it probably is actually. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So Marcel, how does how does the app work? I think Julian already um, had had the most important points, but I think. What should be mentioned is it's it's somehow an HRTF. So yeah. somehow we need to know how your head, your upper torso, and how your ears look like. And um, to get this information, we use the Oral ID app. And this just means that you are shooting a video. Indeed, you should have a second person doing it. Mm. <laughs> you cannot do it alone. Yeah, yeah. But this mm-hmm. makes it possible because we get a really high level of details that we can render a 3D model of your complete upper torso, including the ears. And then we can create an HRTF that really is your personal one. So it's not only a personalized one so that you have a you know best pick of a selection of standard HRTFs. It's really just made for you. And um, I think this is what, what Julian experienced and what we are happy to hear about, that especially the, the localization is, of course, even better if it's not only, you know, a basic good standard HRTF, but something that is uh, done for you. And in the end, in our app, so what we use 
So the app itself is just for somehow um, shooting the video and the photos. And then we have a plugin and also a standalone app that you can use with your DAW or, for example, also now um, just following the Dolby Atmos renderer. And then you can indeed select somehow virtual immersive setups. So, for example, if you had been working in 714 in your room with a speaker system, you can do revisions with this 714 on your headphones. And it works works really well. Yeah, it was a really important point that uh, in the conversations I had when I was checking that out. Of, this isn't intended to be a, um, an alternative to monitoring on, on uh, a loudspeaker array. No. This is complementary to, just because, I mean, particularly if you've got lots of people working in a, in a spot and, and the work is being restricted by the amount of, by just by access to one monitoring setup. If people can go off and do preparatory work away from that and then come back and check mm. it on, on monitors, then, you know, it's, um, it's the kind of thing that accountants will like, put it that way. <laughs> RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Yeah, for example, you can also prepare a mix. Yeah? So if you, let's say you get a Dolby Atmos mixing job and before you then enter the really, you know, the expensive mixing stage, you can just prepare everything. See, that sounds like the type ready. of thing I would do, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something I want to know, I, I, I don't understand and I would like, um, I, I'd like you to offer whatever clarity you can, Marcel, is um, <laughs> there's this new product that isn't just a product, it's kind of, it's slightly more than that, but I, I do remember we ran a news piece on, um, on a monitor controller that was kind of more than just a monitor controller. Unio is what I'm talking about. Can you, can you explain what this is? Of course. First of all, Unio somehow is... It's the umbrella, I would call it. Yeah, so this is the, the audio monitoring platform, and um, what you are talking about is the ninety three twenty A. I'm I'm sorry that we always use numbers. So <laughs> yeah, catchy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very catchy for for us included. Yeah, so ninety three twenty A Sam reference controller. This is the official mm -hmm. name of it. Mm -hmm. And in general, it's it's first of all um, a tactile. Um, controller for our GLM software, so you can just you know control all of these functions that we offer with our software. And then it's an audio interface with um, straightforward digital and analog IOs. And it has a really, you know, um, well thought out and um, well specced, I would say, uh, headphones amp for the use of headphones. And this device somehow can be the yeah, the center of your, your workflow. If you are just, you know, using a SAM system, control it with GLM, so speaker system, and then just switch to Oral ID, use the headphones. The headphones amp is also included. And um, this is this is what this device is all about. Mm. So this is ideal for sort of producers that tend to work in different environments, really. Exactly. Yeah. When would you want to Very use cool. the Oral ID if you're sitting in front of the speakers? When I'm fronting, when I'm fronting, when I'm sitting in front of the speakers, yeah. I would not use it okay. for sure. Okay. All right. No, <laughs> just, just, I'm, I'm just on the yeah. site, and there's a, 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 quite a nice sort of graphic thing, and this guy's putting on the headphones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, no. I think this is what you are referring to, Julius. That somehow we sometimes, you know, like people to compare in-room speakers 
to oral ID. So it's that fair enough, actually. If I, if, I, if I had set up an oral ID and yeah. I had the mic, yeah, I would do precisely that. If they yes. just switch it on and off and just yeah, compare yeah. what they are listening to. I, c- I certainly wouldn't ever have not done that. So, yeah, okay. I withdraw my earlier statement. Oh, actually, something that I wanted to, want to talk about um, before, I mean, we're starting to run slightly long, but um, something that really came out from our earlier conversation and it's kind of worth uh, mentioning is um, the, the advantages of using a subwoofer compared to using yes. full-range speakers because of the placement flexibility you have. And that's, that's kind of worth, worth at least referring to. Um, can it, I mean, can you kind of run us through exactly what's going on and, and how running a subwoofer can help, even if you have full-range speakers? I think we, we spoke about, you know, the, the problems with cancellations due to distances to, you know, walls, but also, of course, to the floor, to the ceiling. And there's one big advantage with a subwoofer. You can place it on the floor directly in front of the, the back wall. Mm-hmm. And this means that basically two critical, um, you know, critical reflection points are already not critical anymore, the floor and the back wall. And um, so it's possible, for example, if you have a speaker system, for let's say for some reason it's not at the wall it's just one meter away from the wall because it's closer to you and gives you more direct sound which can be cool and let's say we have then a notch at 80 or 90 hertz we could then use a subwoofer with a crossover at 100 hertz sounds high i know but you could use this to ensure that the subwoofer that does not show this problem just covers everything up to 100 hertz and then the speakers, you know, do their job. And you would never be able, for example, to um, optimize the placement for such a setup without a subwoofer. And some people, you know, always are afraid of using subwoofers because they, yeah, they think, okay, this is always this unprecise, boomy, overpronounced way of doing it. Um, yeah, because, I've heard that subwoofer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because actually, because user actually, error. <laughs> but exactly, the, the the problem usually is that the subwoofers are not calibrated. That the face um, in relation to the speakers is not calibrated. And this is something, for example, GLM is doing as well. So that you always have, of course, um, the level is matched between sub and speakers, and of course the face is calibrated. And then in an ideal world, and usually this happens quite often, the moment I turn on the subwoofer and it plays completely, it should sound like one um, one larger system, so like a full-range system. It should never sound like a speaker plus a subwoofer. So so, so some some parts of the audio spectrum, the higher end of the audio spectrum, is, is very location-specific because of stereo imaging and our directional cues yeah. work extremely well up there. But as we go down, d- directionality gets, gets more and more vague till we're at the bottom end where it's kind of just kind of sort of everywhere. Um, so making... It, it matters less as as you go down in frequency precisely where it's coming from in terms of how we receive it but where it's coming from in the room affects the room more this sounds like i mean this is a, this is a, this is a, probably a can of worms we don't want to open just because um we're, we're trying to we're trying to move on to find of the week but but the uh, w371a woofer system that i've seen and i've heard under not ideal conditions um Sort of, sort of takes a sort of an element of this, doesn't it? This is this tall um, woofer system, uh, just to describe it. That's kind of like the size of a big plinth speaker stand, but it has two drivers in it, and that can be used advantageously to put frequencies out into the space that they're in from the most appropriate location to cause fewest issues. 
Is that mm. correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is somehow, you know, gives you the flexibility of working with two base drivers. And once again, it's always physics. Yeah. <laughs> These two base drivers are, you know, at different physical locations. So one driver is facing to the rear and it's just, you know, just a few centimeters above the floor. And the other one is on the side facing towards the listener and is higher. And you can play around with these two base drivers. For example, you can easily find out, you know, which base driver performs best in which frequency range. And then you can just select the matching crossover. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool about this system is that somehow, um, because um, you're also using, usually let's say it's a stereo system, you will, use, will need two of them, you can have higher crossovers. So you can, for example, go up to 200 hertz, 250 hertz. That is yeah, yeah. And this this is really high, but um, I think you know, especially proj project studios um, know this problem that in a lot of cases you see a, a dip at 120, 130, 150 hertz, some mm. somehow there. Um, very often, just caused also by the floor, and you cannot get rid of this with a subwoofer because it's too high for yeah, the subwoofer. Yeah, yeah. And these systems then just. Um, offer you the perfect solution. And indeed, Julian, because you talked about the new flagship, the 8381, um, the, the W371 was somehow also the blueprint for the way we handle the bass. I did think that there was some yeah. common technology between Absolutely. the two. So, yeah. 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 The, main, the main difference then was that we, of course, needed way more SPL and that we, of course, redesigned the complete top of it because with W371, we have regular the one speakers and with 8381, it's, as you said, a very special a module that gives you coaxial, coaxial characteristics but with high SPL. That would definitely frighten the horses, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marcel, just before we go to Find of the Week, um, I know that you're you, perhaps you're slightly biased <laughs> with all of this, but you know, for those of us who are producers, mix engineers that are working from home, can you sort of summarise what you would do personally um, in terms of your workflow, in terms of a setup? How would you go about getting the perfect um, sort of environment at home for for mixing and and production? I try, of course. Uh, so first of all, if you have the option of you know. Several rooms, <laughs> always choose choose the largest one. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, as we already talked about it, these modal structures just get more critical if a room is small. But usually, you know, this is the same for me here. Usually you don't have, you know, a choice. It's just one room that you want to, to go for. Yeah? Um, then usually, this is always not always the truth, but in most cases, I would always, if it's a rectangular room, um, sit on the shorter side. This is also once more about the patterns of the modes. There is this rule, I think most of us have heard about it, this 38%, you know, of the room length. Also something that should be, you know, somehow proven with measurements, but also can be a good starting point. And then I would always say, bring the speakers close to the wall, first of all. Mm -hmm. And of course, make sure you compensate for the bass boost. But yeah. As you know, Genelec, of course, can do it, but others, of course, also offer these options. Yeah, they are also aware of the physics. But this is better, for example, compared to having the speakers one meter away from the back wall. And then it's about the room treatment. And then I would always start with as much broadband absorption as possible. For example, you know, base traps in all corners. And make sure that you just, you know, get enough of them. So it's not only that <laughs> the manufacturers want to sell you more. Simply, It's simply... As it is, the more you have, the better, yeah. Because the more energy you can absorb, and of course, forget about all of these. Yeah, I, 
I talked about the two or three centimeter thick things. These are not absorbers and these won't do anything. Um, then I would go for regular absorption with, let's say, panels of 10 to 20 centimeters. You know, treat your early reflection points, for example, but also place them somehow everywhere in the room. It's it's really not essential if it's, you know, 10 centimeters to the left or 10 to the right. And on the ceiling as well, I imagine. Ceiling mm -hmm. as well, exactly. Yeah. Ceiling as well is really important because it's also a first reflection point. And, um, and then you will realize that if you do measurements that the complete reverberation time of your room will just go down. And this is essential because this will mean you will get a higher precision, more direct sound. Then I would, would take a look at symmetry, of course. So especially, you know, um, the symmetry around your spot where you're sitting. For example, ideally, not a window on one side and something else on the right side. You're getting at me now. I know. If, what if there's a, so, but I have a solution for you, Julian. Yeah, if there's yeah, a window, yeah. if there's a window, you know, just forget about the nice sunshine outside and place a curtain there. But it should be a heavy one, you know, Never. a Molton or something um, like never. that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, we didn't touch on it. Um, yeah. I don't think we did touch on it. But in terms of immersive audio, I don't know many people that are doing home immersive audio studios at the moment, but the symmetry can be slightly more difficult, it right? Is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But don't you have a solution to that as well? With, and actually, um, you know, if a room is not symmetrical, sometimes it can be beneficial, to be honest, because the yeah. room modes, they love symmetries. So for the modal structure, it can be beneficial. I should, I would always just, you know, pay attention to what's happening around the place I'm listening to. So, you know, my triangle, my stereo triangle, and what's happening right, left um, of it. And then I would try to get some symmetry. And usually this is possible. But if the room itself has, you know, some corner that is not symmetrical to the other, forget about it. This is not, not a problem. Yeah. And one thing I would like to add... Um, Diffusion always, you know, looks really fancy. So diffusers just, you know, look perfectly interesting. But they are not that important in the beginning. Yeah, you can always add them later on. They are important, for example, for recording rooms. Let's say you have a smaller booth yeah. for recording drums and then um, good diffusion will just, you know, make the overall sound way better. But if you're mixing or mastering, I would always concentrate on broadband um, absorption yeah, first. The, the, that yeah. massive fancy studio at, at Blackbird looks amazing, but they've got everything else sorted as well. That's the thing. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. the thing. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, th I think that we, we should go to Find of the Week. Absolutely. Julian, why don't you go first? Uh, okay. I mean, I've, I've, the last minute I'm wanting to change my change mind to uh, um, a piece that I put on the site yesterday about this plasma plasma based uh sound absorption tech thing that's come mm. out of like some university in france that sounds amazing that we should probably have a chat about marcel actually but uh, yeah yeah okay. it's, uh, uh, but i'm going to pass over it actually it's on the site check it out it's really really interesting um no, i'm going to go with the chin that i've that that i am um, that I've I've been listening to it's mm. it's Lola Young a track called Conceited um it's it's very current for an old an old <laughs> an old person like me but uh, it's a great <laughs> tune it's got this lovely kind of like loping kind of uh, groove to it great great vocal really interesting delivery but the the reason the thing that really kind of struck me was it starts and it's it goes on and then sort of in the um, towards the end it goes a bit more full on and a bit more distorted and raucous and it's so compressed. 
And it's kind of like wild, <laughs> wild compression swinging around everywhere to the point where kind of like if I was in front of someone doing that, I was saying, no, 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 no. You, you yeah. just, you clearly don't know what you're doing. That's but it works, just wrong. I imagine. I'm trying to decide whether it works. Right. It's interesting. It's got my attention. Um, have a listen to it. I mean, it is like, you know, compression to the point of just broken. Um, it's kind of quite cool. I, I kind of hope it's not the beginning of something where everyone's doing it, like, um, like the incredible deep, you know, side chain pumping thing that's that became so prevalent because oh, yeah. I think it could get old really quickly. But on this particular track, I kind of like it. But it's a good track, and you know, it doesn't matter about production techniques if the song's not there, who cares? But great track, try it out. Lowly Young, nice. conceited. I'll check that out, Marcel. What did your find of the week? I have to go for a guy from London, it's Jacob Collier. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. going with tunes. <laughs> I still, I still realise that some people don't know him, so this is why I have to mention yeah. him. Yeah, because... anything specific or just the fact that he exists and, exactly. and, he's, and he's amazing. Absolutely, and it's just you know, it's just amazing. I just I have been listening to his uh, latest single called "Little Blue," and mm. uh, it's a really you know a reduced ballad, but it's just once more, it's you know that the perfect thing about arrangement, about you know harmonies, about melodies, and it's not. Not heavily compressed. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it surprised also, me if it was actually. Yeah. What I also mm, like mm, about it, yeah. and um, I think everyone who's somehow into music, yeah, also if it's you know if, if someone's coming from a different genre, mm. um, he should know about this guy because it's just fantastic. Have you have you seen the choir thing he does at fest yes. the festival? Oh, that's incredible. Yes. It's yeah. like the, the thing that Bobby yeah. McFerrin did years ago where kind of everyone exactly. innately sort of understands the pentatonic yeah. scale, but yeah. he takes it way further. Yeah. Of course, someone told me, yeah, this is, of course it's working because there are only musicians on his concerts. <laughs> but, that, that could but be it, not, actually. But yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. not true. That's not true, no. But, but this is just so, if you ever have the chance also to see him live... Uh, this just is, disorientating mm, levels of just, talent. It's just, yeah. Absolutely. Inhuman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Ashay, what's yours? Yeah, I mean, talking of compression, the UAD um, LA-2A compressor is free until mm. the 31st of October, yeah. which is quite cool. Um, I don't know if you've tried the, the, the hardware version, Julian or Marcel, Um I know I haven't, but I know that this sounds this sounds really really good. I, I, um, I mean, so so you've you've downloaded it, installed it, and tried it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really really nice. Um, I tried it on my drum bus, which was cool. Um, but it doesn't require any uh, hardware, That's UAD right, yeah. hardware, which is good. Cool. Yeah, th this has never happened before. They've never given mm. something something like that away <laughs> before. Sure. And it's, I just I, I was on a call with Russ and we saw it and went quick. I know <laughs> I did the same thing. Like, but yeah, I've, I've I've downloaded it, but I haven't actually tried it yet. I've kind of kind of forgotten. I must go back in. Yeah, mm. I mean, I really like how it sounds, and I was like you, quite surprised that they were giving it away. So, um, well, I mean, but you you you've got lots of experience with uh, with the tube tech um, uh, compressor, which is you know it's not a million miles away from this, is it? No, so, yeah, no. You 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 know this style of compression. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, definitely worth uh, grabbing while yeah, it lasts. It's true. If you if you if you haven't yet got it, what are you waiting for? I mean, what what do you want? If you don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, okay, excellent. All right, well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you to Asher and Marcel. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Production Expert Podcast.